All right. Well, while you're doing that, I will do my little song and dance intro. I don't sing and I don't actually dance, but um, welcome to the one-on-one. I'm Em Branson. This is a bi-weekly spaces that I host with a different woman or non-binary artist from the NFT space. And why that focus? Well, I like to hear women talking to other women, um, and I like to open up the field to these spaces being more for um, a broader, more diverse audience. So... Pom, thank you for joining me today, and especially on this huge day. This was actually unexpected. I wasn't going to do another space until October. I was going to take a break, and then it's like, oh, tomorrow's such a big day. We should bring Palm up and, you know, perfect opportunity to chat with you and for me to learn more. <laughs> yeah, so um, anyway, that's enough about me. I would love to, to Palm, you know, and tell us anything you'd like to to about, uh, tell everybody anything you would like them to know about who you are, where you're located. My pronouns are she, her. If you could share your pronouns too, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, first of all, my pronouns are also she, her. Um, and second of all, I am, well, a crypto artist um, who is half Chilean and half Scottish, currently based in Scotland, and a former independent game developer. Uh, not a very successful one, mind you, but um, I tried. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt your flow there, but um, we'll have to talk about why you don't think it's successful, but we can do that yeah, later. Yeah, no, we can totally talk about that. I mean, it was successful kind of from my point of view and what I wanted to get out of the experience, but in terms of financial stability, not so much. Um, That's totally um, fair. Okay, and so I joined the NFT scene back in February. Um, like a lot of people think I'm this kind of like uh, OG in the scene, but it, I really am not. Like people like um, Haley and Kate Kirst and others have been around since like last year. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm only from this kind of wave of the 2021 uh, crypto artists. But uh, yeah, I joined in uh, February. Um, but I have been a trained artist uh, for like the last 15 years. Um, and this is what I've always done with my life. I've always been into art, um, creating narratives, whether it's, you know, in video game form or 2D illustration, um, even some comic book design as well, which is actually what I trained in. Um, specifically, I trained in sequential art. Um, and yeah, and so I've been here since then and just been fucking loving it. I mean, like, we are just living the dream right now, you know? Yeah, yeah. to say, I mean, that's, that's putting it lightly and nicely. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's unreal. Yeah. feels like we're living through a, a piece of history, a, a moment in time. And it also yeah. feels like fake somehow. Mm -hmm. It feels like this can't be real life. This is too cool. This is like some kind of crazy ass you know, kids dream, right? That we're all living. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, um, it's mind boggling to me too, that when you say, every time you say February, I've heard you say this before and seen you write it out, but I'm like, no, there's no way, you know, she's just okay. like, you're killing it. And, um, it's, it's inspiring. It's like, super inspiring. Honestly, in January, I was selling work, like full commissions, like 14 hours of work each, something like that for like $50 right it's just how do i go from that to like three thousand dollars a piece i can't even like mentally 
put two and two together. It's just so, so out there. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And congrats, you know, it's, uh, let's not gloss over how, how crazy awesome that is. Thank so you. yeah, congrats. Thank you so much. Okay, so before we dive in further to art, I ask this question of everybody. I am a weirdo about beverages. I love to know what people like to drink. I kind of schedule my day based on what I'm going to drink. Next. Okay. <laughs> so um, if I was going so to get like you a drink, drink, like if we were in person, I was going to order you a beverage, any type of beverage, what would it be? It would always just be 100% Diet Coke. Um I used to drink alcohol, but I am now a recovered alcoholic, so it's just Diet Coke. Like, I I am the most unhealthy person ever. I don't drink water <laughs> if I can avoid it. Um, I maybe sometimes have juice. I don't do coffee um, because I get my caffeine from Diet Coke, so it's just Diet Coke, like, from the morning onwards until I fall asleep. Oh, my God. I... <laughs> I don't really know what go. to say to that. I'm scared. Everybody in this, everybody in here is now worried about my health, right? <laughs> I am scared. But you know what? You are a grown ass woman, so you do what you need to do. That's all right. Diet Diet Coke it is. This is good to this is good to know. So yeah. Oh, we, yeah. When I shouldn't say if, when we eventually meet in person, I know what to show up with and that's that makes me happy. So that's rad. Awesome. You better make it like a 24 pack because I go through those things so fast. Are we talking like, I don't know, you're in the UK, right? So, but the US here, there's the 12 ounce cans and then there's those tiny little eight ounce ones. Are you talking a 24 pack of like? Yep, it's the regular kind of 24 ounce cans. Okay. I'm having also like flashbacks to watching Parks and Rec and that whole thing with the sodas. <laughs> And oh wow, I missed that show. That was like my favorite thing in college. <laughs> it is a really good show. Yeah, that was during college. That was like fifteen years ago. That's crazy. I I just re in my in my house, not to get political, I just refer to it to it as the Obama years. I'm like, yeah, that was a yeah. good time. That was a moment. Anyway, enough about that. So back to your art. When did you start making art? You know, you mentioned college, and I want to hear more about that too. But you know, when when did it start for you? Okay, well, I don't know when you could actually start calling it art, like when it was technically, I don't know how good you need to be to qualify something as art. But um, I started drawing when I was like two years old, honestly. My mom told me that I just would pick up a pen, um, a pencil, whatever, colored pencils, crayons, and just draw anywhere. Um, and apparently it was one of my favorite ways of just like expressing things I was worried about. Like even back then, apparently I would draw things I was scared of. And so ever since like a really young age, I used it as this kind of weird way of venting, I guess. That's so, yeah. So a way to like process things also, or when you say venting, is it like one way, I guess, like processing things through and funneling them out? I don't know. Expand mm -hmm. on that for me. Yeah, it's like keeping a journal, you know, in a way. You just get it out, and it's sort of out of your system. It's a way of kind of just kind of like self-psychology, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. And so, Do we really have QAnon in here? I know. I was like, sorry if I seem distracted. I was like, mm, we're going to – we're not bringing requests up just yet also. So, so let me take a moment. Sorry, Crypto. Prom to the – distract you but yeah we'll do q a mm -hmm. at the end i do have time allotted for it so if people have questions um we'll bring you up and do that but for now we'll let palm have the stage all to herself so please let's talk more about this this process of you 
you're drawing, two years old, you know, your mom is an artist also. Tell me about that dynamic. How did that play in or did it? Well, honestly, um, my mother actually, she was never a visual artist until much later, um, probably after me, which is weird. Uh, she came into it later. She used to be a writer uh, more more so than anything. She has published five novels and uh, a biography and translated um, stuff like Shakespeare from English to Spanish and a bunch of other stuff. Um and yeah, and she eventually started doing a bit of um, window display design, like for stores. Um, and she did that when I was in high school. But by then I was already just like full on into art. Um, and I don't know when it happened, but she decided she wanted to get a second degree. She already, she used to be a doctor, right? So she already had been to med school, but she wanted to do something more artistic because she's just a very creative person um and so she actually followed me to the same college I went to (laughs) um like after I'd been there for two years all the way in Savannah Georgia um and she just went into game design um because she I think she took one of these foundational computer uh design courses and she really loved it she really loved messing around in 3D and designing environments and stuff so she decided let's try game design and that was kind of my mom's process there (laughs) yeah so how can that not be inspiring that's just so that's crazy and to see you know that that um mutual journey right and the the give and take that's happening there the shared inspiration I'm sure if if you know what she would be maybe a fun person for you to bring on the show at some point oh man she has has stories yeah yeah yeah, that's well. Thank you for diving into that, just to, to get a blip of of where you come from, and of course, yeah, of course, art is a thing that you gravitate towards. So, okay, you're telling us a bit about art school. I want to hear. So, Savannah, Georgia, didn't know that. I think I remember you hearing something, saying something about the U.S. and traveling around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, how did you choose your art school? What what did you study and focus there? Was it only game design, or or what? Um. Okay. So. I uh, grew up traveling pretty much all over the world. Um, my dad's job just required him to constantly move and supervise uh, different branches in different countries. Um, so, okay, so I was born in New Zealand, which has, like, I don't have anyone in my family who comes from there. It's just where my dad was working at the time. Uh, we moved to Chile, which is where my mom's from, um, then to Hong Kong, then to Taiwan, then to England, then to Spain, then to England again. So it was like a lot of moving and shifting. But at one of these uh, schools I was at, I was always in the American school system, which is where I developed this really fake American accent, which has <laughs> no relation to me. Um, but yeah, um, there was one of these college fairs um, and they had colleges from all over the world. And the Savannah College of Art and Design was one of them. And I just remember thinking how fucking cool an entire university where you just do art. Like until then, I had no idea that was even a thing. I was like 11 years old. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I just became totally like fixated on getting in there. And so after that, I just put all of my efforts into being able to get there eventually. (laughs) So from 11 years old, you 
you were like yeah well middle school so like 12 maybe 13 wow wow yeah but um oh and as for what i studied i didn't actually study game design i that was my mom um i studied sequential art which is a fancy lingo for comic book design uh you did say that earlier yeah i totally misconstrued awesome okay so comic book this is things are falling into place why i love this Mm -hmm. this is fun you're satisfying Mm -hmm. my my nerdy process uh desires here so okay sequential design comic book design you did go into making games at some point I know that was that with your mom then like how did you make that leap from sequential into like being a game dev so well the sequential field although it's comic book design it's not as kind of centralized to comics themselves as you might think it also involves a lot of studying about character design concept art um designing props, environments, backgrounds, um, all of that goes into it. So a lot of people who come out of that program do go into stuff like concept art. Um, And honestly, I've been such a huge gaming nerd since, again, since I was like very little. I think when I was like two years old, I started playing those early sort of um, educational games on the Apple II. I was like one of those kids. (laughs) as an apple fucking two and then we had like an amiga and of course i had all the classic consoles i had like the uh you know original nintendo the super nintendo all of those um and i just really the ones i loved best as a kid the games i loved were point and click adventures um like i don't know if anyone here raise your hands if you like them but stuff like monkey island um King's Quest, uh, Grim Fandango, all of those were kind of like my favorite games. Um, And so I think I was always almost more or as passionate about gaming as I am about art. (laughs) I just love it. It's somewhere I can just dive into and escape and explore new worlds. And, you know, it's like reading a really good book or watching a really good movie. So, yeah, so I always loved games, and I love the idea of games as storytelling devices, right? Being able to tell these entire interactive narratives uh, within them. And so going from sequential art, which is comic design, which is, you know, creating narratives through visuals, it came naturally to think, hey, what about if I create narratives, but in a game instead? So, yeah, that's kind of how it went. That's um, I'm I'm stumbling here because my mind is boggled by all the games that you just listed. I know nothing about, so I'm gonna have to go oh, dig I'm into sorry. that. No, it's great. It's a it's a world that, like, I grew up in a house also with early computers, right? But like the game of choice for my parents was Myst. Um, I still haven't finished it personally. I I never liked Myst. I know, like, I like it. But then I'm it's like, boring though. There's no yeah. characters in it. Like, what the fuck that- is happening? Yeah. yeah. It just feels like a dead world. I like the puzzly aspects, and exactly. I'm sorry because I'm sure there's people here who love Mist, but it's just it, I I need characters to interact with. I need like dialogue trees and conversations and all that shit. Yeah, no, and that's that's fair, and that comes through. That totally comes through in what you're describing, and so and that's like a that's a side tangent to we could go off on a crazy conversation around you know all of the times even already that you're like oh yeah i'm playing this game I'm like what the hell is that and i go research it and like how do i get for later 
someday if I like run out of projects and like actually finish finish Zelda, um, maybe I'll be able to dig into something else. But I am super fascinated with your ability to pump out great art, engage with the community the way you do, dig in and play through multiple games and storylines. Your your machine. Yeah. So. It is all like a multitasking process. Usually I'm playing something while also kind of checking Twitter, answering messages and stuff like that. And drinking diet I have it on. Yeah, I have it on in the background. I quickly pause, answer some DMs, whatever, get back to it. <laughs> so yeah, multi multitasking like to yeah, to the nth degree. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. So did you make a game? Did I make this up? Did you, you did create a game? I created a whole game. Um, not just that, but I was, uh, it was my, it was my baby. I came up with the entire story, um, the characters, uh, the character designs, uh, most of the writing. Um, I put the team together and we uh, did a Kickstarter for it and raised something like 10,000 pounds to get it created which seemed like a lot of money at the time although now in nfts it just seems like i make that I, i'm making that right now in a day which is crazy to me so yeah. um i'm not bragging i'm just still no. trying to wrap my head around the money in this space good god uh <laughs> sorry um all right but yeah so it was a team a small team of about eight of us uh we had um since my mom got into game design around then, we had her doing backgrounds. Uh, we had my brother doing some of the writing, so it was kind of like a little family business. Roger, uh, who is now my fiance, uh, was doing a lot of the bug testing and programming and kind of just filling in where he was needed. We had um, a composer, we had uh, a separate programmer, and we actually had a professional voice studio do um, 8,000 words of voice dialogue for it as well, which was awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, yes, an entire game. And it was released in uh, 2017, I think. I always get confused and think maybe it was 2018 because time is weird. Um, but yeah, 2017, and it's available on Steam. But like I say, it didn't do very well, not because uh, people didn't like it, the people who did play it liked it, but it just kind of got buried by all the other games that came out at the same time, basically. So it hasn't sold any, I would say, many copies in like the last couple of years. Did you did you tell us the name of the game and I missed it? Was I no, I didn't. Sorry. It's called uh, The St. Christopher School Lockdown. And it's about, um, it's... Sorry to laugh. I'm just like, what? You, you made a game about a lockdown before the pandemic. About lockdowns. But this was actually a political protest kind of lockdown. It was, um, it's set in a prestigious British uh, institute that I made up, uh, but is loosely based on my own high school. Um, and it's about a bunch of students who are protesting um, the raising tuition prices uh in the uk which is a thing that actually happened uh, a few years ago um but it's basically about this woman who is actually a bit of a con artist who 
just kind of infiltrates this school lockdown where they're all kind of having this sit-in protests and trying to figure shit out and, you know, dealing with the police and whatever. They've, they've taken over the whole school, basically, and they're all kind of camping out in there. And she just comes in and has her own shit going on. And I won't say any more because that's spoilers, but that's the setup. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Will you send me the link so I can make sure to add it to the show notes too? Yeah, because, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there are many people who will want to go check this out. So awesome. Thank you for diving into that. I feel like we went off on a tangent, but it was a good one. So, <laughs> okay, going back to art, tell me. We've talked about games, we've talked about your mom, we've talked about travel. I'm curious what else inspires you or if there's anybody in particular that inspires you when you're sitting down to work or thinking of new ideas. Um, you know what? I don't think I have any one consistent sort of source that I go to. Um, ideas come to me in all just really random ways. Usually when I'm like laying in bed about to fall asleep at night, that's when my ideas start kind of flowing in. But anything can be like the catalyst for that. It can be like a really fucking good book. It can be a movie, a video game, um, something somebody says on Twitter. It can be like anything can get the ball rolling in my head. Yeah, it's crazy how that works, right? Like you could, right? yeah, you look at the, I don't know, I'm always making a cup of coffee, I feel like, and something weird pops to mind and it has nothing to do with coffee exactly. or the time of day yeah it's just random it just kind of like happens in your head yeah yeah, yeah. so let's talk about swashbucklers for a second we'll come back to the release more later but mm. i want to use that as an example so speaking of your current release that's up for auction if you don't know about this go to the pin tweet hint hint go check this out because yeah, please do because soon. i only have an hour and a half left until i'm going to start settling the auctions so if anyone wants to get in there and bid um hopefully somebody here might want to consider it uh, <laughs> um yeah you only have like an hour and a half left awesome so tell us about swashbucklers and how that came about because i'm i'm fascinated like it, was there a lightning bolt of inspiration or was it like mm, i just want to draw a pirate um, I was just looking through Twitter, I think, and I honestly can't even remember who posted it, but there was just some really gorgeous uh, illustrated portraits that used a very limited color palette. So I just started thinking, oh, I want to try that because all of my works are like explosions of color, um, but not very contained. So I wanted to see what happened if I stuck to a theme of using like you know, um, these purples and golds that I'm using for all of the swashbucklers right now. Um, so I started thinking about it. And then um, one of my favorite recent books uh, or series that I've read is uh, the Live Ship Trilogy by uh, Robin Hobb, which is this very kind of piratey, swashbucklery sort of uh, fantasy series. And it's really good. I really recommend it. Um, but pirates are always a thing I've loved since I was a kid, to be honest. Um, one of those games I mentioned earlier, Monkey Island, all mm. pirates. Uh, so I don't know. I started thinking, I want to try portraits in this limited palette. And somehow pirates just came into my head. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's <laughs> draw some fucking pirates. 
Yeah, and that was it. That was all the thought there was. It was like, I feel like fucking drawing cool pirates. I love it. I love it. I also love that this recording is going to have to have the E. It'll be my second, my last um, session that I did with uh, with uh, Claudia, who's here. I had to also put the explicit up because I dropped a fuck. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so cool. Oh, I have a podcast yeah. with an explicit label. So, Palm, you're up in my game. Thank you. You are fucking welcome. <laughs> nice that's awesome okay so yeah who doesn't love a pirate and the character range i think is the the fascinating thing that i'm seeing with this series so far the ones that you've put out and you're also you know if people collect three of them you're gonna do a bonus pirate you're gonna make a pirate for this person is it gonna be in their likeness is that the intent um it'll be whatever they want um i know some people in this space are um anonymous so some of them don't have, you know, they have this kind of avatar that they use, like, uh, I don't know, um, Archic has her punk. So if Archic, for uh, example, were to win one, I would draw her punk, you know, as a pirate or whatever they wanted. <laughs> um, it could be a pet. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. Whoever they want, they earned it, you know, yeah. buying three of, three of those. <laughs> I will do whatever they want. I will draw a plate of ramen wearing an eye patch. Oh, ramen. I don't... Delicious. An eye patch ramen. Um, yes, the eye patch pirate ramen. Have pirate punks happened yet? Did I miss that wave? Is this going to happen now? Because we're talking about it or did it? I don't know, but if I can be the catalyst for that, that would be really cool, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me about we know you're an artist. Would you say that you're also a collector? Do you put labels on these things? Like, talk to me about that. I mean, in the NFT I collect actively, so I think calling me a collector is totally fair game. Um, I do think I'm more artist than collector, mostly because that is what I spend more time on. But I freaking love being able to just buy art from my friends and support my friends, support what they're doing, collect nice things, um, just you know, it's, I just love having this collection full of gorgeous stuff. It's probably one of those kind of almost gaming habits that I have. It's like, oh, I need to collect all the whatever, all the gems, all the points, all the coins, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I need to collect all the art. So I was going to ask you if you had like a process or did you, do you differentiate or have a description even for, like, I want to talk about how do you describe your art? I think we've talked a little bit about that, but do you put it in a box, you know? And then your collection too. Do you do you segment at all? Are you looking for a specific thing when it comes to collecting? Um, okay, so this is about collecting. Yeah, sorry, I just asked you ten <laughs> questions. I'm working on that. I'm very excited. So <laughs> we'll talk about your art in a second. But yeah, so your collection okay. yeah, when you're focusing um, on. That. Yeah, honestly, um, okay. Here's for the most part, um, it does have to be art by somebody I know. Um, I don't just buy pretty art because it's pretty. I like to have this kind of connection to the artist I'm buying from. So it's got to be somebody I know and somebody who I want to see flourish in the scene, somebody I support. Um, so th those are pretty much the two basic rules. Um, I don't go for any one particular style. Um, I have bought photography, 3D, uh, illustration, um, and just all kinds of stuff. Uh, oh, but I do have a specific fondness uh, for Pomeranian art. So, you know, there's that. 
Should we talk about your name for a second if it wasn't obvious to anybody by this point? But maybe people are new and that's totally cool. So tell us about Crypto Palm uh, since we brought up Pomeranians. Um, okay, so my username before this was actually PalmQuest. Uh, <laughs> and I just decided to kind of sort of modify it for the crypto scene so i was like oh it can be crypto palm and it was just like the first thing that came to my head there was like no thought behind it it was just like i need a name uh crypto palm why not um but yeah like okasan is honestly my life even though he's a little traitor <laughs> um so i'm i'm always referencing him in some way you know or look he's right there in my profile picture i mean <laughs> Yeah, that's why this is hilarious to me because you bring up and you're like, I like Pomeranians. I'm like, no way. There's not one covering no. half your face. No, but like, what I'm surprised at is how much actual Pomeranian art there has been in this space and like half of it because of me. So it's so cool to be able to collect all of these little kind of like Pomeranian drawings, um, 3D renderings of palms, just like all of this stuff flowing into my collection. Give me more. Yeah. Yeah, and I going back to your collection, I'm super appreciative of hearing somebody else talk about, you know, collecting a range, what speaks to you, the connections that you've made. I'd say I'm definitely on that same end of the spectrum. Totally resonates. Mm -hmm. um, do you have that same approach to your art, or are you more curated with yourself? With myself, I am so strict when it comes to sticking to my 2D uh, illustration thing because, I, you know, I don't dabble in photography. I don't mess around with 3D. I've uh, explored it, but not too much success. I was never too, I don't know. It's a little bit too technical for me. Um, so I definitely have my zone. And I, um, as you can see, I also just love drawing people. And now, you know, animals here and there. But yeah, I love characters. And that's always kind of been my thing. So that's always what my art is going to center around. Um, so yeah, I'm much more limited in that sense than I am as a collector. Yeah, that, I mean, it makes sense. And I do see that come through in, in what, you're, what you're creating. Like in the range and everything from, you know, you do commissions, you do collabs, you do series, you do one of one-offs you know i don't know if you do additions actually i should ask you that like do you have a favorite I've done, also i've done a couple um on hen and uh one on OpenSea, but not too many and of those things what do you gravitate toward doing like additions yeah well like commissions you do collaborate you do one of ones you do focus series uh, like swashbucklers like what's your what's your bread and butter what do you love I think I honestly love my series. Um, if you were to check out my foundation, my OpenSea, my Maker's Place, and my uh, Known Origin, you would see that I have a shit ton of series. Uh, I have the Disordered series. I have the More Than Nothing series. I have, um, you know, a um, couple of others, probably. Um, I have the Mofos series, um, and now I have uh, Swashbucklers. So I just love kind of these progressive pieces that all sort of tie together thematically that aspect really interests me and is probably my favorite thing to do i do like them to be one of ones though within that series uh within that sort of format got it yeah so the editions are kind of like they're separate they don't live within that conceptual realm that you're talking about 
Additions, I feel like, are things I do more so that friends can be able to afford my art, like, for really cheap. <laughs> like, um, yeah, if I want to make sure my friends are able to get a piece by me, I do additions. And usually it's something funny. It's usually, like, um, I don't know if you saw my girl on the internet piece or my uh, Scottish Latina piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah. those <laughs> were specifically intended to be for my friends because... They were kind of inside jokey and, you know, that's what friends are for, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, and those those are the ones that become, you know, like of the moment of the culture even as well. Not that your others won't and aren't, I think, 110% they are. But yeah, like they mm -hmm. reveal a little bit more about you and your interaction with the space, right? But then you get this, this group of people who know that about you behind it and it catches fire. So that's, it's exciting. It's an exciting thing to give, to give back, share with your friends and the community too. So it's great. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about NFTs. I'm curious how you got to NFTs. You showed up here one day. How, how did that happen? Yeah, I just got lost and found <laughs> myself here. Um, woke up here. No, uh, on it, but it, you know what? Kind of. Um, so I was really into uh, crypto. Um, I got into it in 2016. And um, I just started kind of doing it on the side because, you know what, uh, the jobs I've been doing don't make a lot of money. So I was hoping to maybe be able to just make a little bit of passive income that way. So I started doing a bit of cloud mining, um, a bit of yield farming, a bit of staking here and there. Um, and a lot of that. And I was in a few Discord communities where we would talk about it and, you know, give each other advice and so on. And uh, someone in there, I was just talking about art one day and they were like, oh, show us. So I showed some of my pieces and they were like, wow, you should totally apply for super rare. And I was like, what is a super rare, sir? Uh, I had not heard anything about nfts at this point um i don't know how i missed it since apparently it's been a thing for years but i just had not <laughs> and so i started looking into it and i found my way to OpenSea, and i saw oh anyone can sign up here you don't need to be you know invited to join um and i thought okay why not <clears throat> let's see how this goes i'll mint something um and like within a week and this was before i joined twitter and started promoting, but somehow somebody found my art and bought it. Uh, and that was just crazy to me. I was like, wow, there's actually collectors buying JPEGs. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided, fuck it, why not? I'm going to try and go for this because uh, at the time, um, since COVID, I haven't been able to work uh, because I was doing, um, I was working in art therapy uh, with um, older people who have uh, Alzheimer's, right? And once COVID happened, um, <clears throat> the caring home basically went into full lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I couldn't work there and I was pretty much just floating and doing these really low paid commissions. So I thought, you know what? This might be worth devoting some real attention to and not just like making it a passing thing, but really going full on into it, you know, all in. Um, and so that's kind of what I did. I started a Twitter account specifically for this, and I just started doing my thing. <laughs> nice, nice. And your thing is taking off, and I think everybody here would say 
Um, good choice. <laughs> this is I, fantastic. I'm happy about it too. Believe me. <laughs> and I want to. I also want to shout you out because you, you know, you mentioned this earlier, right? You're like, I'm not. I'm not bragging. Like, brag. Be big. Like, you are successful. You're making money in this space. It's only inspirational for the rest of us. Yes, be humble, but, you know. No, but sometimes I see people who rub me the wrong way. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, I made 10 ish. Why not 15? Yeah. And it's like, no, be grateful. Be really fucking grateful for every bit you're making because I don't know if this is going to last forever or not, but it's huge for all of us, yeah. you know? Yeah, don't just take it for granted. Like, I am going to be grateful every single day. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that comes across. So, I mean, be grateful. Be big about it. Um, know that there's a bunch of us looking at you saying, hell yeah, this is awesome. And giving really me 100%. I'm seeing lots of hundreds. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the feedback, everybody. This is good. <laughs> and also, if people want to start queuing for the Q&A, I would love to start seeing those come through because we're, we're rounding into that phase. I don't want to keep Palm too late because she has an auction to tend to. Um, no. So, yeah. And also, sorry, disclaimer, reminder, uh, this is being recorded. So if you come up stage to ask a question, this will live on the Internet for forever. So good luck. Um, <laughs> maybe I scared and people And if you say something really stupid, I might turn you into a meme. So there <laughs> no pressure oh my god no, no i'm stressed pressure. out i'm just not gonna talk anymore like good luck i'm just gonna bounce like what happened last week no just kidding no shade um so tell me where you're headed in the space you just made a comment that i think probably resonates with most people like is this gonna last forever this may not last forever regardless of that like where are you headed with this what are you creating for yourself what are you manifesting Honestly, at this point, I'm just taking it one day at a time because this has been so incredibly life-changing that I don't think I've fully wrapped my head around it yet. Like, I don't think it's sunk in that this could last forever. I'm still in that this can't be real phase uh, mentally. So I'm just kind of feeling it out at the moment. Um, but it's just opened up so many doors in so many ways, like... Uh, at this point, just by creating NFTs, I have this incredible portfolio of work that I've just done this year. Um, before that, my work was mostly just commissioned stuff. It wasn't really personal. It wasn't really from the heart. And a lot of it was, you know, concept art and other stuff that wasn't really me being able to focus on creating my own pieces. I didn't have the time or could afford to do that. So if nothing else, I now have um, a hell of an illustration portfolio. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, definitely. One day at a time. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, that's what we have right now, right? Like this moment, mm -hmm. this thing we're doing. So I'm super grateful that you're here sharing that moment with us. So thanks again for showing up and being here with sure. us. Um, I want to give you a second. I know we've talked about swashbucklers. That's a hard one for me to say. I keep like swashbucklers. Anyway, <laughs> I'm calling. I've taken the call on them swashies. I, I have to say it really slowly. Yeah, they're they're now swashies Swash. in my head. Tell us a bit about um how the series is going to progress. So you have a wave that's up for auction right now. You're going to be doing um collector pieces for anybody who's bought three. What else is next in that series? What do you want us to know about it? Um, okay, well, I will say that I have character archetypes planned out 
for 10 further pirates. Um, other than that, I'm thinking about putting together a Discord. I need to see, I need to gauge how much actually um, people would want or need one, but I actually already did start actually setting one up. Um, so there's one being created. I guess we're going to kind of feel how that goes. Um, I have been talking to uh, Brute Force about maybe creating animated series based on the swashbucklers. They would be very short pieces um, because, you know, I'm not an animator myself. Um, but it, I don't know. I have to figure out how it's going to tie together and how I can kind of expand the world building and the lore that I've got in my head. But it's something I want to do. I've just, you know, been so busy with the drops themselves and the character design and promoting, which takes up so much time, that I haven't had a second to really kind of think too far ahead. But it's, you know, it's in the back of my brain. Yeah, I mean, 10 pieces. Ooh. And that's only ten pieces, and it's been like a month. It's only yeah. been a month. Yeah, <laughs> I I can't wait to see what comes from those two because I don't know. In my head, this turns into a family tree. It's like one of those things on the wall. It's like on the ship's captain's wall, and it's like his whole oh, family. That would be so cool if like imagine if you could breed two swashbucklers. Oh I mean, God. breed sounds horrible, but you know what I mean, like crypto kitties, right? And so if that happened, I could create their kid. I don't know. That would be something worth exploring. I mean, I'm curious with the with the lore here, where the mastermind fits in, and also how related are these swashies already? Because they kind of look alike, and so I'm like, is are they a family? Can you tell us about Well, I will. I, I will say this. Um, part of the reason is because I very specifically wanted them all to be very much a Latin American. So they all have the black hair, the kind of um, native latin american skin um i really wanted to go for that because i don't see you know you see so many white people in paintings and art that mm -hmm. i really wanted something that expressed my own heritage a bit more yeah um yeah so the only exception to that rule is the first mate who is based off of uh fourth perspective who is just an awesome friend in this space nice but nice. yeah yeah, but that's one of the reasons they all share that hair color um, and skin tone. Oh, that's great to that's great to know, and I love that. That's bringing that heritage in, um, letting it shine through. Just more of you coming through in that art. So, thank you for sharing that. Okay, we are ready for Q and A. I've got Claudia up here who has a question for you, so I'll let Claudia. Hi, Claudia. Ask that. Yeah. Hi, Pom. Hi, I'm Branson. Hi, everyone. This is Claudia Pollock speaking. Um, it's been such a pleasure just listening to you, Pom, speak about your work. And I have to say, you're probably one of the first people that I followed in this space. So it's been fantastic just to see you grow and mm -hmm. mint new work. And I specifically love the pieces that are kind of like this commentary on the NFT space. You know, like I'm looking at masquerades, for example, like I have oh, three yeah. Ethereum, follow and retweet. Like I love those pieces so much. And I feel like you're very much in my mind, an artist who is just kind of like absorbing the culture of this space and the uniqueness of it. And just like outputting that into your work, which is amazing. So my question is kind of about scarcity of your work and this is coming from someone who, when I first started out in the space in January, 
uh, one of the things I was told as an artist is, you know, you have to have your work be pretty scarce and not mint too much at a time and et cetera, et cetera. And going through your showtime, you have so much work up and most of it has to which is fantastic. But I just wanted to ask you, was that, did that ever cross your mind at any point in time? Like that, that scarcity question, did you ever ask yourself, like, am I minting too much at a, at a certain point in time? Or did you just like, yeah, not care? I have definitely asked myself that question um, because for some reason I just turned into an art machine this year. I don't know how it happened because I used to be slow as hell, um, but I started uh, really producing quickly um, and at a pretty decent quality too. I like stuff that I'm proud of. Um, so I would ask myself, am I just dropping stuff too quickly? Um, part of it is also the kind of, FOMO that you get, the fear of missing out, like, shit, if I don't drop something new, they're going to forget about me. But um, but there is also the scarcity question. But at the same time, I feel like if you feel like creating something, if you are in the mood, if you have an idea, get it out there. I mean, there is absolutely no shame in it. The worst thing that can happen is people won't buy it. Um, but, you know, I mean, you see all of these collectibles projects that are like 10,000 whatever at a time and they're getting just snatched up so as if you ask me the scarcity argument is crap anyway um because clearly it doesn't seem to apply to all of these other projects right um and not to mention if you looked back through you know everybody brings up Picasso but didn't Picasso do like something like 1800 something like that pieces uh throughout his life so I don't know. I think everybody creates at their own pace. They create however much they they create, and that is fine. I think it's fine, and um, my collectors don't seem to mind. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Yeah, thank you for your answer, and I just love that about you. I feel like you're just this rule breaker in the space, and like every kind of like rule that's been set out, you're just like, nope, I'm gonna do my own thing, and that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> just like fuck the system. Like <laughs> I've always been kind of an anarchist. Um, you know, I had my whole punk rock phase uh, in college where I actually went to live in a squat, even though I am from a very middle class family, and we were completely comfortable i was like fuck this i'm gonna go live in an abandoned house with like two of my friends that's always kind of been my thing yeah it's like oh my god so good i'm not surprised to hear that at all that's wonderful and yeah plus one of what claudia is saying about like you you just doing you just do you and being a stand for that right you show up and you're like do what you want and create oh, right. and have a good time and if collectors are there for it great it's awesome. Yeah, that's always something that I've actually done forever. It's like I if I don't see um a path to my goal that I like, I will totally make up paths to get there, like just pave my own way around all the obstacles I don't want to deal with. It's really weird, but I just find a way. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. I love it. Does anybody else have a question? Also, I want to make sure people know like request you and can also come up. i want to say hi because i see elise in here hi oh hey yeah so many people what's up elise welcome everybody oh i see a roger too wait is roger in here who invited him <laughs> oh man 
This has been so fun. I mean, I'm happy to keep asking questions. I just want to make sure people know that they can come on up. We have a, a palm available to answer. Okay. All right. Well, while people are contemplating it, I'm curious if you, while taking it a day at a time, have been thinking beyond swashbucklers. Like, is there something waiting in the wings? Oh, yeah, there definitely is. Um, I can't share the specifics, but I'm going to be um, one of the Genesis artists for a brand new platform that's coming out in October, I think. And um, I am going to be doing a special uh, one of one for that, um, which I have already kind of set up the the concept art for. Um and I'm pretty excited about it. It's kind of one of my more messagey sort of pieces. So it's less kind of fun and fantasy and games. It's more kind of like I have something to say. Um, so that's all I'm going to say for now. But I'm excited. All you're going to say is you have something to say. We get to. Oh, I have, yeah, I have something to say. Not surprised to hear <laughs> that at all. This is, this is going to be a fun one, I can tell. So you're not always winging it from what I can see what I can hear, what I'm gathering from you. I mean, you have some mix of process. When I'm, when I'm left to my own devices, I totally wing it. But sometimes people come to me and they're like, I need you to do this or that. And uh, then I kind of have to plan ahead. Um, but other than that, I also do have a collab coming up with, I don't know if Glitchy Thief is in here, but he and I are doing a collab that is going to be auctioned off at the end of September. Um so that's also coming up, which is going to be exciting. And where is that going to be auctioned off? Let's talk about platforms for a second. You're blown I up. I do not know if I can announce it yet because it's actually going to be like a private auction, um, live streamed and hosted by somebody who is pretty cool, but I can't name yet. I'm sorry. It sounds like I have a lot of secrets and <laughs> it's not me. It's the other people who are keeping my lips sealed right now i would be blabbing if i could honestly <laughs> that's great yeah and i mean that's a cool cool thing to highlight right like it's not always about the platforms there are people out here with talent and powers to bring art forward and options them, up right? yeah, yeah to skip the middlemen yeah you don't have to you don't always have to do that not that platforms aren't great but yeah that's cool to see you working outside the box as well so um you're spreading the love around which is neat Hell yeah. Right. Oh, and one of the things I would love to start doing more um, is actually I would love to start uh, doing Twitter auctions because I ran one for my mom uh, a couple months ago where people would just bid directly on Twitter. Um, I had a thread where different people were just putting in their bid in ETH. So, uh, you know, people would come in um, I bid 0.2, I bid 0.35, whatever, and have little bidding wars in the comments. And then at a certain time, I would announce the sale and then we would settle it via OpenSea. So I might actually be doing another of those for another artist in the space next week. Um, and it's something I would actually love to do. I would love to help artists who are struggling with visibility uh, have auctions done like that because you know i have 22,000 followers now which is insane um but also cool because it means i can use that power to help people so fuck it 
That's right. right? Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. We're going to do it sometime. That's great. I'm excited to see who this one next week is with. That's rad. Very cool. Using your power for good. That's what we like to see. All right, people. For good and also for pizza. <laughs> like, I also use my power to get pizza when possible. I thought you were going to say pizza when possible. Haha. <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. No? Okay, I did that. And on that note, um, we don't have any more questions, and I'm not going to keep you long. So I want to say thank you again, and thank you to everybody for being here. Um, a great, attentive audience. It was beautiful. And Palm, anything you want to leave us with? Otherwise, I'll get the recording up just as soon as I can. Well, I just hope that everybody um, who hasn't already goes to check out my current live auctions. Hi, Keith. I see you waving. Um, I see everybody sending me emojis now. Um, okay, yeah, my auction is currently on known origin. We are down to the wire. There's only one hour left until I start settling bids. Um, the lowest of the five pieces for sale is currently at 0.9 ETH. Um, yeah, 0.9. The highest is at 1.6. So... If anyone wants to get in there and bid on any of these, they're all unique uh, one-of-ones uh, of a series of currently 10, but hoping to get to at least 20 total. So they're kind of like collectibles in their own way. Go and check them out. You know, check out my pin tweet. They're all in there. <laughs> so that's all. That's rad. Yeah, and if you can't bid, tweet it out, share it out. Let's get Palm over yeah, two. Let's push her up over two and get all of them up over one. I mean, these are amazing pieces and this is an amazing artist and part of our space. So let's, let's share it out and support each other. All right. Good luck, Palm. I can't wait to see how it wraps up. I'll be hanging out Hello, and watching. Thank you. I'm going to be just glued to known origin, just refreshing, refreshing all night. <laughs> all right. Will you do one thing for me tonight? Just one thing. Mm, maybe. Will you drink some water? Just one glass. Oh, but it tastes like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it has no flavor. <laughs> All right. Well, you don't have to, but just know that you'd make my day if you drank a glass of water. Right. Maybe I'll accidentally swallow some water when I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> okay, good. Just no toothpaste to make yourself sick. All right. I'm going to sign <laughs> off. This is ridiculous. Good luck, Palm. Thanks so much. All right. I love you all. And thank you for coming and listening to me talk about how much I love Diet Coke and Pomeranians. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Thank you. And thank you, Branson, for hosting.